Welcome to the Power Podcast with Pastor Vince Holmes in the Zion Temple Community Church. Our goal is to proclaim the message of Christ, observe and obey the Word of God, win others to Christ, equip the church with tools of victorious living and empowerment with opportunities to use God-given gifts and talents, and lastly, release rail-rounded, spiritually-minded individuals into the community and the world to share the good news of Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you so much for being here today. Hey, check this out. I know with this holiday weekend, if you are here today, you are intentional. So I really appreciate you coming to hear a word of the Lord. I pray that you are blessed through the praise and worship. And now we're going to open up the word of God. Let's pray. Father, we thank you and we praise you for who you are. And Lord, we ask that you might be glorified. And Lord, I pray that you might use this sinful man to declare a holy word. Lord, not only ask that you would speak through me, but God speak to me. And we thank you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. We've been talking about being prepared or putting on the full armor of God or being dressed for the battle. And in being dressed for the battle, let me just kind of review a little bit and remind you of a few things. Um, Paul said in 2 Corinthians 10, verses 3 through 5, that um, although we're in, the wor- in this world, that we do not fight with weapons um, that are of the world. We have a different system, a different set of weapons. And he reminded us, he says, though that our weapons were um, not of this world, they were not impotent, but that they're mighty through God, pulling down strongholds, um, that they bring thoughts into captivity and to the knowledge of Jesus Christ. And he also reminded us in Ephesians 6, is where we're going to be today, to put on, because we're in this spiritual warfare, that there's success in this spiritual war. But in order to have success, we had to put on the armor of God. Now, our salvation is secure It was up to us to put on the armor. God's provided salvation, but he's given us the choice to put on the armor of God so that we can stand against the trickery of the enemy. And so when we put those on, we talked about three items last week. And those items were having our loins girded about with truth. um, Belted, that's what he says, belted up with truth so that we're standing on a firm, a true foundation, the condition of our heart changed, that we have the breastplate of righteousness, and that it's not our righteousness, but it is the righteousness of God, so that um, Jesus Christ died for our sin, and because of he died, him dying for our sin, we became the righteousness of God, the righteousness of Jesus Christ. And then, not only that, but to have our feet prepared and going Um, strapped on with the preparation of the gospel, the good news that makes all of this possible is our relationship with Jesus Christ. And the idea is that we constantly have those three things on, that they are there. The next three things um, are items that we put on as we need. So he says, take unto you, um, to you. The first two, he says, having put on those first three. So now Ephesians, let's read Ephesians 6. Verses 16 and 17. Ephesians 6, 16 and 17. And it reads like this. And above all, taking the shield of faith wherewith ye shall be able to quench 
all the fiery darts of the wicked. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. And so when he says, and above all, it's not that these um, other weapons are more important than the previous weapons that he mentioned, um, items rather, that we put on. But he is, uh, the idea is in addition to. In addition to having our loins girded about with truth, our hearts in relationship, um, breastplate of righteousness, and our feet strapped with the peace of the good news of the peace of the gospel that he says that you are to take on to you the shield of faith which will allow you to quench all the fiery darts of the enemy. Let's look at that. The idea of a shield that the Roman soldier would use was actually a very large shield. It's not the small shield that's used in the close-up combat, but it's more of the larger shield in which he can actually hide behind. And he can crouch um, behind it. Not only can they crouch behind it, but they can line up together and advance behind the shield. And so he says, taking um, onto you, having the shield of faith, which is, um, in fact, the Greek word is a word, the same word that they use for the idea is shaped like a door. It's the square um, that they used. And he says that if we take the shield of faith, it is able to quench all the fiery darts of the enemy. Now, let, let's look at this. Let's, let's look at this a little closer. When he says fiery darts, the idea are arrows, right? And so the arrows, they would dip them and wrap them, put some sort of uh, material on them, and then dip that in something that would burn, and then shoot the arrows. Now, here's the interesting thing about using arrows that were fired um, ablaze. That's what I'm looking for. When they used regular arrows, they were directed directly at a target, the enemy. Watch this. When the idea of a fiery arrow or an arrow that's set on fire isn't designed necessarily to kill its, its opponent, but it is, it is designed to set something on fire in which it lands. So the idea was that the um, fiery um, arrows would cause distractions. Hello. So they would cause distractions so that the opponent would become so consumed with what was burning, hello, that he would forget his, um, his opponent, and then that opponent can advance. And so the idea was a distraction. So watch this. Paul says, taking unto you the shield of faith, which is able to, um, 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 to put out all the fiery darts that the enemy is going to be shooting at you, all the distractions. So the shield of faith. Why can the shield of faith Distinguish those things. Ah, why? Because check this out. When we look at the, the shield of faith, it's the idea that we operate in faith. And so what faith does, it trust God. It says, hey, God, those issues over there, I'm staying focused here because all of that other stuff that are distractions that the enemy would have, those are, uh, th that's your business, God. So I trust you to handle that 
over there at the same time of keeping me over here. And so we aren't uh, distracted by the trickery of the enemy. We stay focused on where God has. And it's so easy to become distracted when we're not walking with our shield of faith. Um, I, keep, I, I say, Lord, you hear me pray it. Lord, speak not only through me, but to me. So just last night, as a matter of fact, I was in a situation, Ross was telling me some information about something that was going to happen, but I was all in my feelings, right? And so because I got all in my, my feelings, I became distracted because I was thinking about how I felt and all these emotions that, that are going on and what's best for my house and, and all, all, a, a myriad of, of ideas were going through me um, at that time. And so I was really distracted and then later on, here comes the word of God, and the Lord reminded me, says, hey, remember that armor that you're talking about? See, this, this is what God does, y'all. He not only um, gives us a message to, to proclaim, but he causes us to live the same message that we're proclaiming. Amen. So it's not, I don't just um, preach to you. I'm, I'm preaching, the Lord is speaking through me to us, us, you and I. And so um, the, Lord, the spirit of the Lord says, hey, remember that armor? There's a shield of faith. Well, bro, you, you don't forget this is a spiritual battle that you're engaged in. You're concentrating here on something external. And this thing is much bigger than the external thing that you're, you're concentrating on. I'm in this thing to work my glory and you are to rest in me and trust me to work this whole thing out. Amen. And so I, I, I wasn't operating with that shield of faith or trusting God. And so Paul says, hey, part of the armor so is a shield of faith so that you can distinguish all of the fiery darts, all of the trickery of the enemy that he would come, all of the distractions. Amen. How many of you know that? that have, have you ever been distracted in this thing, in this Christian walk? If you've been distracted, put on... Just type in the word distracted. Distracted. Am I the only one has, has missed the point of what God is doing? And check this out. When we walk in faith, there's just this, ah, I trust you, Lord. Trust you. I think about Peter as he was walking on water, doing the impossible with Jesus, and he got what? Distracted. The elements, he began to pay it, take his eyes off of Jesus who told him to come, to come on, he's walking in the water, and he became distracted on the wind and the waves and all the stuff that was going on, and it, what, he began to sink. But thank God it says that Jesus, as my God, they say, retched down and grabbed him. Amen? Has the Lord ever had to grab you, bring you back? Amen. He's a faithful God. And so I thank God for his word. So we, we put on the... Shield of faith. We carry our shield with us. And remember I said these things are as needed uh, because what's happening, the idea is that the enemy comes and he attacks. And it's not always a consistent thing or in the same area. There may be sometimes that you, you don't have an issue with that. So it's not a faith issue with you. you you're walking and boom, boom, boom. And then he also says to put on next, he says, the helmet of salvation. Let's look at this a little bit. 
So the idea of a helmet of salvation, he isn't saying that, that to be saved because we've already established that. In fact, Paul said earlier in the same book, Ephesians 2, um, verses 8 and 9, he says, For by grace are ye saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. So our salvation, we're saved um, by grace through faith. You can't earn it. You can't, do, you can't put anything on to, to earn it. But he says, put on the helmet of salvation. Watch this. The issue of salvation is resolved for those who trust Christ. Those who ask Jesus Christ into their lives and, and uh, for the forgiveness of sin. If you've done that, you're saved. However, watch this. The helmet of salvation is that which guards the, the brain, the thinking mechanism. And so that although we are saved, the thinking and the processing of thought needs to be influenced by the, salva or the experience of our salvation. Oh, thank you, Lord. Say that again. If I can, the thinking and the processing of thought must be influenced or ran through the, the experience of our salvation. And so that as you said, people change, right? Well, and when they come to know Christ, we're, we're, we're new. As old songs say, I don't go where I used to go. Don't um, do what I used to do. Well, that's because of a thought. No action happens without first having a thought. Amen. So we're saved, but our maturation or the application of what has happened to us spiritually begins in the mind with how we think. That's where the transformation begins to change. The physical transformation. And so, in fact, Paul said this in Romans 12, 2. But be ye, um, and be not conformed to this world, but be what? Transformed, how? By the renewing of your mind that you might prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Let's look at that for a second. So Paul says, um, don't, don't let the world squeeze you into its mold, one, one translation has. So Paul says, don't be conformed to, the, to this world, to this world system. Why? Because we are on a whole other level. We live in a in a spiritual warfare, right? There's a spiritual, um, um, I don't want to call it an aura. But yeah, we're, we're engaged in, in, in a whole a supernatural life, a spiritual life. And so Paul says, don't let the world and the world system conform you. That is not how we act. That is not where we get our directions from. He says, but be metamorphosized, the same word that's used of caterpillars, that transformation, but be metamorphosized by the renewing, the, the renewing of your mind. Hello. So our minds are renewed through the word of God, through spending time with God. He says, and as we renew our minds so that we can experience that good, perfect, 
and accept that good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. Now, I know some people teach that there are three wills of God, the good, the acceptable, and the perfect. I, I don't really necessarily subscribe to that. I'm, I'm believing what Paul is saying, that if you're going to experience what God has for you, if you're going to experience the full will of God in your lives, that we must allow our minds, we must, our minds must be transformed to be changed so that we begin to think like God. Now, when we think like God, we think according to the word of God, our actions then follow. And if we want all that God has for us, anybody wants all that God has for them, say, type in the word all. That's all. Just all. Amen? A-L-L. If you like me, you're going to put a capital. A-L-L. I want it all, right? And so, if I want it all, then the way that I get it all is by being transformed so that my thinking is changed. And as my thinking is changed, I experience and begin to see things as God sees things. We always say this, um, John 15, 7, I think it says, If you abide in me and my word abide in you, you shall ask what ye will, and it shall be given to you, right? And so, hey, man, hallelujah, we're laying hands on people, we're asking God because of what we want. But we've missed it. He, basically, he said, look, if you abide in me and my word abide in you, guess what? We're going to have this relationship. You're going to be thinking, thinking, says, you shall ask what you want. Okay? And it shall be given unto you. The idea is now because of our relationship that I now want what God wants for me because I understand what God wants for me. And when I don't know exactly what he wants, I want to trust him to provide what he wants. And I submit my will to his will so that I can ask what I will because my will is his will. You got that? And so that way, because I'm experiencing what Paul says here, the good, acceptable, and complete perfect will of God in my life. So, he says, be not conformed to this world. That's the, be, and having, but be transformed. The helmet of salvation, that which guards our mind. Galatians 5, 6, Paul wrote this. St. Paul wrote this. He says, I say that, walk in the spirit. There's that spiritual realm that we must live in. The heavenly places. He says, walk in the spirit and you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Think about it. We always think of the lust of the flesh as an action, but before it's an action, it's a thought. It's what? We're carrying out the thought, which is contrary to the word of God. He says, listen, but if you walk, if you live in this plane with a transformed mind, you'll have that which can go against or which gives you success that you won't live or fulfill the thought life of the flesh. Jesus said, I mean, Isaiah wrote this, thou would keep him in perfect peace, whose what? Mind is stayed on thee because he trusteth in thee. You know, I almost forgot that the end of the verse said that because he trusteth in thee. It says, thou will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee. Why? Because he trusteth in thee. So as we concentrate on the word of God, if we concentrate on the person of God and who God is, these are our weapons. This is how we experience success against the wiles of the enemy. A shield of faith, trusting God. Our minds, our mindset is that which, which is the word of God in our lives. Was that wanting that which God wants for us? And then you all know Philippians, I think, four, maybe you don't all know. I'm sorry, I assume that. But uh, Philippians 4, 8, mark, mark that down. In Philippians 4, 8, 
Um, I believe it says, so whatever things are pure, just, lovely, um, and of good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, do what? Think on these things. God's concerned about what we think about. You ever think about what you think about? Now, don't get me wrong. Let me clear this up because I know a lot of Christians are, are, are here. I am not saying or I do not subscribe to the uh, Napoleon Hill idea that um, thoughts are things, things are thoughts. That you think things into an, to existence. What I am saying is that if, as we submit ourselves and begin to think the word of God, the principles of God, about the character of God, that our thinking begins to transform our actions. So that as Paul says, be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. So that we change, we experience victory, as Paul wrote in, in, um, here in Ephesians, that if we, a part of our, our armor is a helmet of salvation, right? A shield of faith that we can quench all the fiery darts of the enemy, a helmet of salvation. And then he goes on and says, and take what? Take unto you the, the word of God, or the sword, which is the word of God. The swords are our, our only our weapon in which we battle with. And then he says, uh, so take on the, the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. And the idea of a sword, is, it's, it's more of a dagger. It's that which is in, engaged in close combat with. Wrestling with the enemy, give them the word of God. Amen. I think about it, um, the writer of Hebrews, in Hebrews 4.12 says, for the word of God, let's look at the characteristics of the word. It, the word of God is that which God speaks. That's what God says. That's what God declares. It says, for the word of God is quick, it's fast, it's powerful, and it's sharp. Okay? Quick, fast, and sharp. So he says that the word of God is quick. Let me read the scripture for you. Hebrews 4.12. For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even the dividing asunder of the soul and the spirit, and of the joints and the marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intent of the heart. Woo! Check this out. So not only is it quick, not only is it powerful, but it is so sharp. He calls it sharper than a two-edged uh, sword that's sharp on both sides, right, of the sword, that it's able to separate the soul and the spirit. It discerns the thoughts and the intent of the heart. Only the word of God can do that. You and I, of ourselves, can't can do that. But when we begin to submit to the word of God and use the word of God, first of all, it discerns our own. It reveals our own heart and intent and our own thoughts to us. Amen? We can think, so. I, well, I can't talk about you. I can think some crazy stuff sometimes. And the Holy Ghost will say, that, 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 I, mm -mm, that, that ain't me. That ain't me. Anybody else? Going to tell on yourself? Type the word thoughts. Thoughts. <laughs> thoughts. Yep. I can see some crazy stuff. But it is the word of God that will come back and says, listen. It shows me that where my heart is. It grows us. 
as we spend time in the Word of God. And the Word of God is our weapon because it knows the heart, the thought, and the intent of even our enemy. The greatest example of the use for the Word of God is Jesus himself. Matthew 4, okay, Matthew 3, Jesus um, has been baptized by John the Baptist, and it says that there's an affirming he has an affirming experience as the heavens open up. They hear the voice of God says, this is my son in whom I'm well pleased. Come on. It does not get any more affirming than that, right? Of who he is, who you are. And yet the enemy comes. He says he was led right after that into the wilderness by the spirit of God. Excuse me a second. And I noticed that uh, Satan began to tempt him in three basic areas that we're all tempted in. So God is affirmed, this is my son, and then, um, in whom I'm well pleased, the enemy comes and begins to tempt him, and the first thing he tempts him with is the idea of, of um, I am what I do. I am what I do. Many of us try to get our significance in what we do. And he says, hey, you, you know, if you be the son of God, turn these stones into, into bread. And Jesus answered, it is written. That's what Jesus answered. Started with the answer. It is written that man shall not live by bread alone. Another area that Jesus, um, that Satan began to tempt Jesus with, that we're all tempted with sometimes, is the idea of, of, of I am what others think of me. Concerned about what others think of you. Jesus says, prove that you're the son of God. Come on. He's talking to Jesus, and if he's talking, prove that you're the son of God. Prove who you are. Be concerned what other people think about you. Jesus already knew who he was. And Jesus' response to him was, it, uh, well, well, he says, prove that you're, the, yeah. And with other things, prove that you're the son of God. And he tells him, um, if you're the son of God, he takes him up to the mountain. That's what I forgot. He takes him up to the thing and says, jump. Come on, if you're the son of God, jump. God's got you. And Jesus responds again, it is written, what? Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. It is written. And finally, Satan tempts, tempts him in this area of that I am what I have. How many of you may struggle with that? You're, you're defining yourself by what you have. You're defining yourself by what others think of you. And see, these are lies from the pit of hell. Remember, he's the father of lies. But what our weapons are mighty and strong and able to take those lies and all those thoughts and bring them into captivity unto the truth of who God is and of who you are and how God sees you. And so Jesus answers him the final time. Who wants to guess what those three words he starts with? Go ahead, type them in. Here they are. It is written that thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only. So Satan tells him, hey, I'll give you all of this. Can you imagine that? Satan is telling Jesus, takes him up here, all this is mine. I'll give you all of this. He's talking to the creator of all of this to say, I'm going to give you all of this. He's trying to give Jesus what he already owns. See how tricky, sneaky, and conniving the enemy is? And Jesus answers, it is written I'm not worshiping you. It is written that thou shalt worship the Lord thy God and him only. He used what God had said 
And the next verse says, and the enemy left him. In fact, one version says, and he left him, and the, a, the enemy left him, or the devil left him for a season. I remember these three things. You use them as you need them. Why? Because we're in this spiritual warfare, and as long as we're here on earth, we will be engaged in this battle, but equipped to win because Jesus Christ has already won the war. Amen. Use these three weapons as you need them. And we use these three weapons as we need them because we already have three things that are, we're grounded in the word of God. We're grounded in truth. Our hearts are conditioned. They've been declared righteous because of our relationship with God based on the death of Jesus, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And we're ready to keep preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. Those are our foundational issues. And then as things come up, we use our um, shield of faith. We use our sword of the spirit. Okay? Our shield of faith. Our um, sword of the spirit. Um, I'm, I'm missing one right here. All right, we have the breastplate of righteousness, the sword, sword of the spirit. Uh-oh, I can't believe I'm, I'm doing this right now. I am having a serious brain fade. Let me, let me go back. I, uh, the enemy is loud. Helmet of salvation. That's what, so here we go. So we, we use the shield of faith, our helmet of salvation, our thinking, right? Our thinking that's, that's filtered through our relationship with God. And finally, the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. And so we win. We win the war. We win. We win. Guess what? God wants you to have access to these weapons. He wants you to win. The weapons are available to everyone if you choose. So what would you choose today? You want to win? You want to get dressed? Next week we're going to talk about how to, to get these clothes on. Right? But to have access to them you've got to have relationship with Jesus Christ. He's provided the clothes. He's provided the access. But you've got to make a choice of whether you want to win, whether you want to wear this armor. It's only available to those who trust and ask him for forgiveness of sin. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for every person that's hearing this, whether it's now or later, years from now. The great thing is that Salvation will always be available as long as we're still here. And so, Lord, I ask that you would move by your spirit in Jesus' name. If you'll say, Pastor, I want to be able to put on that armor. I want to put on those clothes. I, I want a relationship with God. I, I, I want to speak to someone about how to have that relationship with God. I believe that Jesus died for me. And that's all it takes is for you to confess that Jesus Christ died for you. Recognize that he died because we're sinners. 
If you, you want that, just type in the words, I want it. I want it. I want it. And we're going to reach out to you, or you can email the words, I want it. Email the words to online at ztccla.com. That's online at ztccla.com, and we will reach out to you. God bless you. Thank you so much for coming. We want to rejoice and party with you. I, I just thank God for, for what he's doing. Um, some of you have seen some, some of the advertisements that's going around. I, I, want, I said I want it all, and, and I really do. But lately I've discovered, and I have not really given this much thought, that many of us struggle, including me, because while we, we give our lives to Jesus Christ and he changes us, but God wants to transform us in the renewing of our minds, right, how we think. But I also believe that God wants us to face some stuff and heal us and heal us emotionally as well so that um, we can grow and have healthy emotional spirituality. Keep that in mind. You want to be whole? How many of you want to be whole emotionally as well? Amen? If you do, just type in the word emotions. You're going to hear us talk about that. We are literally, I'm making this announcement a little earlier, we are going to spend some time developing ourselves emotionally healthy, spiritually. Amen. So that we're not only healed, our spirits are healed, but our emotions because Jesus Christ died for them as well. So keep an ear open. We only have so much space that we're going to do this. It's going to be a course. And um, first come, first serve. God bless you and thank you as we begin to walk in the fullness, fully healed, emotionally healed, as well as spiritually healed. Thank you and have a great day.